So you've made some great music, but how many people have heard it? If you'd like to increase your ideal fan base, and who doesn't, listen up while Denise Wakeman and I talk about how to increase visibility on the internet. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Denise Wakeman has been my personal mentor and business mentor for blogging, social networking, and overall internet marketing since my first blog, which was also called All Things Vocal, was started in 2006. That's how long I've been working with Denise. A veteran globetrotting traveler she is, and now a travel agent with her own company there. She brands her internet mentoring business now, Adventures in Visibility, which is totally puts those two things together. She uses a holistic approach to help her clients build targeted audiences on the web. For all things vocal, I asked Denise about how music artists can increase their online visibility which grows your music industry contacts and connections, and most importantly, your fan bases. So stay tuned for some career moving advice. Hello, Denise. Hi, Judy, I'm excited to be here with you. (laughs) All right, first of all, do you see any problem with thinking of music fans as business customers? Do you see most of the same online marketing skills which you excel at as being important to both. You know, we don't think of our fans as customers, but aren't they? Right. Well, it depends, I guess, on what outcomes you want from what what you're doing. But I would say, even though I prefer the word fan, they are your customers because you want them to come to your shows, you want them to buy your music, or they want them, you want them to hire you, depending on where you are in that spectrum of being a musician or a songwriter or whatever, whatever you're doing in the industry. You are presenting yourself as the product, let's mm-hmm. say. I don't mean to, you know, devalue anyone, but basically you are selling yourself. So the people who are consuming what you are selling are definitely your customers. And you know, when I was thinking about what we were going to be doing today, I was thinking about how we always talk about, I want to get discovered. You know, I need, I need to be discovered. I need to have people find me. You know, you just don't put your stuff out, hang your shingle out in any way, including make an album and then instantly people come and, and buy it because if they don't know it's there, how can they do that? If they don't know you exist, how can they do that? So it's all about being discovered. Well, what is that other than becoming visible, right? Exactly. Well, what I have been saying for many, many years is that if people can't find you, then you don't exist. I've heard you say that. (laughs) (laughs) You're invisible. So it's your responsibility as the artist to get yourself out there. Because as you said, just hanging out that shingle doesn't do anything. That's, you know, like the, if you build it, they will come idea, right? It may be your personal field of dreams, but you need to advertise or you need to build an audience who wants whatever you're offering. So whether it's a show or it's an album, 
whatever it is, or if your audience is producers or your audience is, you know, the people that you want to hire you, they're your audience. So what are you doing to get in front of them? That's what it boils down to. Here's where I think it's different than it used to be. In the old days, you really could just be really great, like Loretta Lynn did, and, and you know, show up in some music industry's office and play for them and then go, oh my gosh, I think there's been, you know, a bunch of people that are going to like your stuff. That doesn't happen anymore. And there's, there's good and, and bad in, in all of it. Uh, some things are the same. And one is, is getting before people that would be the right people for you to be in front of, whoever that is. But now we can either whine about not being visible and discovered, or we can do something about it. And there's where you come in. My second question for you is that I absolutely know lots of people who have set up websites, social networking accounts, you know, and, and newsletters, and then just uh, watch them sit there and do nothing. So it, it's not even enough to start the process of making yourself a whole <laughs> where you are in the, in the internet. Mm -hmm. Somehow people have got to learn that you're there, right? Right. What would you say to people like that who need to uh, fire up their online efforts to make them successful? Okay, two words. Take action. <laughs> okay, now I don't mean to, you know, kind of simplify this too much, but really that's what it takes. If you have a website, then you need to be publishing content on a consistent basis. So that doesn't mean every day you have to, to publish something new on your website, but you know, if you decide it's weekly, then you're weekly. If it's monthly, then it's monthly. But you need to do something to keep stay fresh and have a reason for people to come look for you or have a reason for people to get on your email list because they're going to get something from you. If you just ask people to sign up and they never hear from you, they forget about you, truly. They go where their attention is. So you have to continue that relationship hey, here's something for you. Here's something for you. Whatever that may be. So if it's on social media and you do need a whole foundation of pieces, in my opinion. So if you choose to be on Instagram, for example, and or you choose to have a YouTube channel, those are two great social networks or social platforms that any artist should be using. Um, Simply but, because their fan base is there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you make that choice to do that, then you have to be consistent. You have to show up and you have to engage. There is no other way around it because there is a lot of competition for attention. And that's what this is all about is creating a relationship with those people who you want to come and see your shows, mm -hmm. buy your albums, <laughs> hire you, whatever it is. You need to stay top of mind because there is a lot of competition there's i mean it's the same with authors and painters and business people there's a ton of competition so how are you going to stand out you stand out being by showing up and being consistent about it and engaging with the people who have chosen to give you their attention yeah yeah so and also putting something up and not responding that's a sure way to lose people too yeah. Another thing that they can do besides send you money and, and purchase something or, or the other show or, or, or music is they can recommend you, which then can expand your little universe there. 
the three words that I've learned from, I think from you initially was creating the know, like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. So they've got to know who you are in the first place. And they've got to decide they like you and your music because there's all kinds of music out there like yours in the same sort of category, but they, mm-hmm. they like you for some reason. It's good that if they can put, it's always been this way with the music business. It's good that they can put a personality with you that they would like, like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you or something like that. Like exactly. to be their friend. And then they have to trust you. That can mean all kinds of things. Um, trust that your music's going to be consistently something that's worth their attention. Exactly. Trust that you're not going to betray them in some horrible way by saying something terrible on the internet or posting some weird picture or whatever, you know, trust you that you're not going to be irrelevant. Lots of ways that we come to, to trust a music artist, mm-hmm. but you can't do that unless you spend time. And that doesn't mean initially that you do all the right things and they'll, all jump on the wagon, right? Yeah. It's that long tail thing. It's about consistency. Yeah. So you need to make a commitment to doing it and then you need to consistently show up. Now, you know, again, I'll say that doesn't mean you need to show up every minute of every day. But um, if people know, if your fans come to learn, like you train them in a way by posting a new whatever it is, maybe it's a new clip or a behind the scenes picture, or it's a scene from, you know, a gig that you were doing. They know that every Monday that you're going to show them something, that you're going to share something with them that happened on the weekend. Well, they're going to start looking for that. Yeah. And, and that's like the minimal right there. That's no matter what. I would start by sharing on social media because that's where people are hanging out. Take pictures. Right. Do a recording, um, have somebody else take pictures, have somebody else, you know, record you when you're on stage, something like that. It doesn't have to be the whole show. If you are using a device like your smartphone, there's almost always a way to share immediately to whatever platform it is. So if you take a picture, there's something on that picture that you hit that says share and you choose Instagram let's say, or you choose Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a video, if you're using the apps that are associated with these platforms, which you need to do, you can record directly in Instagram, for example. It's recorded. It's automatically posting there. (laughs) So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to think of the technology. So just start that video when you're in the app and it's going to go to your feed. So, you know, that's one thing is use the apps because they make it really simple for you. They want it to work for you. (laughs) And a lot of, a lot of the younger artists know about this, but some of the older artists or the people that have been around have never had to do this or don't want to do this. It's amazing. Creative people are not necessarily tech heads or marketers. I I get it. So this (laughs) is good information. And they can, there's actually a way to embed Twitter and Facebook feeds into your website itself, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's something that mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's that's like tutorial videos, you know, you yeah. or you ask someone to help you because there are so many different yeah. ways to have a website, for example. There's a lot of technology and everybody uses slightly different technology, but if you need help, you ask somebody 
ask your young neighbor <laughs> how to put that video on your website. Yeah. They'll know how to do it. You know, go to YouTube and do a search. How do I put a video on my blog? Or how do I post on Instagram? How do I embed a tweet? You know, you can find how to do just about anything you can possibly think of on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's constantly amazing. amazed. <laughs> Yeah, that's you really can get vocal coaching on YouTube. <laughs> yes, you can. I know a couple of places myself. <laughs> and again, it seems simple. I mean, you guys out there that have Instagram accounts rocking and all this kind of stuff. Great. But you're even going to get some pointers here. And I think going back to the center of it, which is why the heck are we on Instagram? will really mm -hmm. tell us what we need to put on Instagram. You know, unless you're a model, not just going with a beautiful profile picture here and then here, and then here. <laughs> but you know, something that's going to engage a fan base and you've got to think creatively to do that. And also people that don't know about all these apps, be on a need to know basis, be willing to learn yeah. because that gives you control over your career in a way that you're not going to have. Otherwise you're not going to be able to build it. Speaking of this, I see a lot of singers and you know, I've had a lot of clients and students who end up on big TV shows or uh, win contests or, or um, mm -hmm. get a hit song or, or appear on a cool singer-songwriter show with a bunch of big names and stuff. And that's it. No, nothing ever happens. And quite frankly, a lot of these bigger TV shows, whom I won't name, they're not interested in the artist's visibility. They're interested in the show's visibility. So there are a lot of limitations on what the artist can even do until, until it's all over and then it's a little late. What do people need to be doing if they possibly can, if they're allowed to, you know, if I, right. with a contract they sign? Let's make the assumption that they are allowed to yeah, talk about certain things. And um, I would say you've got to toot your own horn. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. And that was an unintended pun. But um, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, it's like, oh, okay. But um, you know, that, that's the thing is you cannot wait for somebody else to do it. You can't assume somebody else will do it for you. So you need to be okay to say, I did this. I'm so excited because I had this opportunity. And if they can't say who or where or when or why, you know, at that moment, they can say more to come because those shows at some point they are aired to the public. So if you can't talk about it before, that's okay. Talk about it when it's happening. Because as you said, the show wants visibility for the show. Well, if you're on that show and you're talking about being on that show, you are giving visibility to that show. Now, I'm not saying disregard any legal stuff, but I see those shows posting on social media too. So if they are posting it on social media, you can, you share, can share it, it on social right. social media as well. You can share their posts and say, woohoo, you know, I was on the show or, you know, I'm coming up on this date or that date. And you tag that show and you use the hashtags, for example, mm -hmm. on Instagram and Twitter, especially use the hashtags they're using right. because those are the hashtags that the audience is following. Ooh, that's a great point. Yeah. What are some things they can do if they know something's coming up 
to kind of pre-launch that into more visibility, like right. authors do before a book launch. What are some things that could they could do? Ryan? Okay, well, depending on their contracts, you start talking about it as soon as possible. <laughs> you know, as far out as possible. If you're recording a new album, well, you want to talk about that and maybe start sharing um, behind the scenes shots. You don't have mm -hmm. to share the music necessarily, let's say, but you can share the, the process. You can mm -hmm. talk about the timing. You can say, hey, I'm traveling to where I'm going to, to do this. Oh, I'm so excited to be working with big name so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You, know, you mm -hmm. find out what your parameters are and then go for it. But the thing is that your fans want to know who you are and what you're doing. They want to feel like you said this earlier. They want to feel like you're their friend. And that's what be, creates that relationship with the people that are going to be buying your music. I know I've said albums a few times, so obviously that dates me. But you know, um, <laughs> the streaming thing, yeah, 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 the streaming however, thing. However, they're getting it out. Yeah, however they're consuming your art, then you need to be building that relationship. And if somebody reaches out to you, say thank you. You know, if somebody says I love you, you're like my favorite singer in the world acknowledge that i think um, that's something people miss is actually responding to the comments there and, and yeah yeah and i understand that that could take a lot of time and energy however when you are building this audience this fan base this platform um if we want to get technical this platform yeah. that is going to be supporting you and supporting your growth and your success then people don't want to say oh that guy was such a jerk i said such and such and no one ever responded to me you yeah. do not want that mm -hmm. so one of the things is especially when you're starting out just schedule, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day to deal with these things. If you posted something on Instagram, for example, and you got 25 comments, well, at the very minimum, go like all those comments. It's a little signal that says, I see you. That's a great point. If you cannot write or do this comment, you know, reply to everything, at least if you just hit that little heart saying, I see and acknowledge you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's incredible that's they can't have an interaction without it going both ways here and there exactly you know this isn't something that has just evolved in the last year or anything this has been going on for a long time yeah. since people started blogging in the early 2000s commenting was a big deal and even though people comment less now it still is you didn't you needed to acknowledge them as you moved into Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and uh, Instagram people are looking for connection so you've got to give it to them in some way and it could be that all you do is on your next post you do like a 15 second video that says hey you guys i so appreciate all of your comments and likes and love that you gave me on my last post i'm running around i'm so busy but i just want to let you know i saw it i read it thank you so much i love you yeah awesome how long did that take that probably took eight seconds right there right Right. So you're letting people know in some way that I see you, I acknowledge you, I appreciate you. Yeah. Why do you think an artist might want to start a blog? Is it for everybody? How do you think it would help them become more visible 
and findable and uh, discoverable. Okay, well, this comes to the heart and soul of everything for me about being online. Yeah. And I haven't changed my position on this since I built my first blog in 2004. Blogs are the great equalizer because when people are searching for something online, the search engines are looking for fresh content that specifically answers the query that they are posting. So you need to have your own online real estate beyond like a brochure type style of, of website. You want to have something that is where you're consistently, again, that's my big word, consistently, posting fresh content. And that comes in the form of a blog. It doesn't need to be a 5,000 word essay. It could be a one minute video. It could be an audio file of something you just recorded. It could be, or they don't feel like they're good at writing. They could just put video yeah. and audio on there. Wow. Exactly. So the reason you want to do this is because when people are searching your name, you want your content, your content to come up first in the search results, because that way you can control that first impression of what people are seeing and hearing and learning about you. You want to control that experience that people have to the best of your ability. So by having your own site with your own content, so it could be, you know, event dates and it could be, hey, you know, that 15 second video that you did, you can download that and embed it or just embed that Instagram post in a blog post so that you have a way of keeping that audience in your world. When you do that, you have the opportunity to ask for something from them. So. The most important thing you want is their email address mm -hmm. so that you can send them information about your gigs, about your new work, where you're going to be, that kind of thing. So you have to have that place. On social media platforms, you don't have that place to capture the email. You've got to drive them to the website with your content. So you need to be in those social spheres driving people back to that home base of yours, which is your website with a blog. And then you say, for your call to action, sign up to get updates from me. And then it's also a place where they can interact and you can reply back and yep. all that stuff happens too, right? Yep. You really set your part. I think that's huge. Yeah. And if anybody needs to know how to start a blog, I've got a really good blog <laughs> mentor to recommend. <laughs> Let's move into another favorite category of yours, which is traveling. <laughs> So lots of people in this All Things Vocal Village are on the road from time to time. What are your favorite little traveling packing secrets? And uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about traveling. Well, probably you wouldn't want any packing secrets from me because I always <laughs> overpack. <laughs> Uh, well, let I'm me still, I'm working way. on that one, though. I'm working on that one. But it's better, um, better to overpack than to underpack. I left my, all of my show clothes one time, and I was thousands of miles away, and I had to actually go to the store and buy an outfit before the show. So, but one thing I have really come to embrace, and it seems so simple and just like duh, but it is to be kind. Oh. 
to the people who are serving you on those lights and who are helping you at the counter or whatever. A smile and a thank you and I appreciate you makes your experience, regardless of what is happening out there that you can't control and that they can't control, it makes it so much better. And having witnessed some very ugly um, things by other people, I realized that the nicer I am, not that I was ever not nice, but I just go out of my way just to be kinder and compassionate because they want you to have a good experience and they can't control the weather. They can't control mechanical issues, (laughs) but they're taking care of you on that plane Mm -hmm. and they can make your life miserable too in ways that you may not actually know or expect you treat them bad they're gonna ignore you the other thing is a long time ago i read like in a flight magazine an article by a parent who talked about traveling with children and that while you may be totally annoyed by what that kid is doing kicking your seat or whatever the parent is usually mortified like they're having a harder time than you are and they feel terrible and after i read that i was just like wow i never put myself in their shoes they're doing the best they can you know i have a particular point of view that says if we travel or wherever our feet fall we need to make it a better place and so this goes right along with it in artistry the commercial field of artistry, which is what we're talking about because we're talking about becoming discoverable and visible. If you get a degree of fame, it needs to be about more than your self-fulfillment or it is going to be a really empty success. And so mm-hmm. just being kind when you're traveling, that's, oh my gosh, we forget about that because traveling can be, we're tired and, you know, we're late or yeah. the, 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 we missed that flight and the show's the thing or, you know, and all that. But to recognize that your feet are on that particular plot for the moment for a reason always, and that's just to make that place better. You're right. Our journeys would be better too. What kind of music have you heard that's been the most interesting to you? And did they look like they were getting money for it, like in some kind of tip situation, jar, or something like that? Can you remember a street musician or street musicians sort of event that you've witnessed? Well, I have traveled to Peru quite a bit. And one of the things I really love about, I I spent a lot of time in Cusco, which is kind of like gateway to Machu Picchu. And it's a beautiful old, uh, it was the center of the Inca empire. And almost every day in the town square, there are parades of some sort or another. And the parades involve, you know, whether it's children or union groups or, you know, whatever it is, there's this tons of parades and they're always dancing and playing music. <laughs> um, and it's almost every single day, every time wow. I've been there. Those aren't like the single musician, but it's just like you get involved in this really festive activity and it could last for like 30 minutes and then they go bye all right and everything (laughs) comes back to to normal um and then the next day there's another group and they're dancing and very often in their yeah flash concert there you go so 
in that case, no, they're not looking for, for money, but it's a wonderful experience. Also, um, I was recently in Morocco and in Marrakesh, there's also a big, big central plaza meeting place. And it's just filled with people, you know, doing all kinds of things, you know, selling their wares and snake charmers. And I mean, just everything. You got to be careful. (laughs) You know, there's always somebody singing or playing an instrument. So you kind of get this cacophony of sounds and music all all happening at the same time. I think that could be really inspirational for creating any, any kind of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, even any kind of business, actually, just like, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, to get back to becoming more visible, been <laughs> the most surprising you found that worked on the internet, or didn't work on the internet. And also, what do you see, especially for people that are already have their Instagram accounts rocking and, and websites and everything else? Mm-hmm. What do you see that's changing in the future? I think the biggest thing that I have experienced over the last 20 some years of working on the web mm-hmm. is that stuff changes rapidly. <laughs> right. Platforms come and go. They just come and go. So you can't get too attached, you know, and sometimes something will stop working for you because it becomes saturated, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that one thing didn't work or, you know, but you have to be willing really to be open minded to try new things and be willing to experiment. I think that's like that mindset of, okay. I'm not getting so many likes on my Facebook posts anymore. What do I need to do? Oh, there's this new TikTok, you know? <laughs> okay, okay, Fine. now I need six second videos. You know, but just be willing to at least try. It doesn't mean you have to do it forever. And maybe it's not where your audience is and maybe it doesn't work for you. Like TikTok and eh, doesn't really do anything for me. I had somebody give me a hard time because I wasn't using it. It's like, well, you're an internet person, you know, you should be on TikTok. And I'm like, well, okay, let me go put that up on my phone. And I started watching some stuff and it was so banal and ridiculous that I was just like, this is a waste of my time and I don't need to spend my time doing this. Now, there will probably be marketers out there who figure out how to make it work for them. But for me, my audience isn't there. My audience probably isn't even going to use it. (laughs) So I need to make that decision not to spend my time there. So it really has to do with who you think your audience is. This gets back to another thing you really stress, which is to identify your ideal client. And in my case, that is professional singers and speakers. Yeah. Even though I work with lots of other kinds of singers uh, and speakers and voices for other Mm -hmm. reasons, my focus is on people that are either professional or want to be at that level. Mm -hmm. And so we have to figure out, okay, who do you think would love your music even more than you do? What kind of person (laughs) is that? And then flesh them out. I heard this that made all the sense in the world to me is that your career path um, and I would say that that your music path, mm-hmm. uh, artistic definition, is where your passion meets the world's needs, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to do either one alone. I've thought about this, and I wanted your your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. If you're just doing your passion, 
Well, you might be incredible, but like Vincent van Gogh, you may never know it until it's mm-hmm. way too late. Uh, or it may never be visible and nobody ever met, you may die with it, you know? Right. Or right. if you're just into the world's needs, then you're going to be a people pleaser till the day they, you push up the daisies. You know, you're going to be people pleasing or trying to, trying to chase that rabbit trail to the stars. And it's always eluding you because it's not quite you. But if you add right. what you love and you mess with it a little bit, and fit it a little bit more maybe into what the world is wanting at that moment or needs at that moment and then make that make that visible does that sound mm-hmm. like a good a good idea for music uh, promotion and marketing well not being an artist in that way i don't know what it would be like personally to to try and fit something to what the world is looking for because my the way i imagine any kind of artist is that you're creating something that comes from within you, you know, deeply within you. But I think listening to the feedback you're getting and not necessarily changing what you're doing to please some person in your audience or some group in your audience, but listening and engaging and maybe and going for maybe like the education part of it in terms of this is why I'm moved to do this. This is what gives me juice and life and and joy. Because I think when people understand that, then they want more of it. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're probably saying kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I love hearing it from a businesswoman's point of view, who is not a musician, because you do listen to music, don't you? Oh, yes. And every once in a while, you might go to a concert and buy something. In fact, oh, yeah. <laughs> we really want to really maybe understand the listeners just as much as we want to understand the musicians, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, from my perspective as a fan I want to I want to know what makes them tick I want to know like where did that song come from I just saw a a screening of Rocket Man mm-hmm. about Elton John and Bernie right. Toppin Toppin right. and what struck me more than anything else I mean it's really Elton John's story but it to me it was about their collaboration which was beautifully portrayed in my opinion and I felt like I got a glimpse at what really was happening in their creative process seeing how they related to each other and I was fortunate enough to be at a screening where they were there doing a Q&A oh, afterwards. Wow. yeah, fun. yeah. Um, along with the um, actor who portrayed Elton John and the director oh. of, of the movie and in that 20 minute Q&A, there was so much love going amongst Bernie and Elton. Like they've known each other for over 50 years. They have collaborated together for over 50 years and you could feel it was palpable (laughs) how they felt about each other and each of their roles in the relationship to create something that was very amazing. I mean, so that's an example. And when you share, what is it that, that moves you? Share that. That's how we get to know you. And that's why we want to own the thing that you create. But if you don't 
allow me in in some way. And I'm not saying that you have to view out every single last personal private thing in your life. I am not saying that. But when you allow me in, that makes me want more. You know, everything that you've just talked about is a way that we can think about internet marketing, mm -hmm. uh, internet promotion of music. And that mm -hmm. is, that's just letting our ideal audience who would love what we do find us. Yeah. And for that, it, your word is consistency and uh, being willing to experiment when something's not working to change it or something new comes along to Don't hide. do this. Yeah. Where, Denise, can people find you these days? Well, my site is at denisewakeman.com and my handle on all social media is Denise Wakeman. And, you know, as, as I was preparing for this conversation, I have a blog post that is about how to start building your audience. <laughs> and it's written from the point of view of a filmmaker because I wrote it in response to a filmmaker's oh, question. Cool. How do I, but you can just substitute. And that is at denisewakeman.com forward slash platform. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and on that blog post, you can request to get a checklist of five ways to start building your platform. I've got that and I love it. I highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I wrote that a couple of years ago. And every time I go back to it, it's like, oh yeah, that's all relevant still. Well, I will put those links in so you'll know how to spell her name and everything in the show notes. <laughs> Denise, thank you so very much for the information and the ins inspiration to not give up on it and realize that sometimes it takes a little more time, but that we need to be strategic and maybe we need a little teaching here and there and maybe we need a little mentoring, but we all do. We can do it. Yeah. I do too. You know, I have to stay on top of it just like yeah. everybody I'm else. So, I'm so glad you do. And then I try to filter it down to, you know, what I think is useful. And just so you guys know, every once in a while, I have a one-on-one -on -one with Denise to talk specifically about my music stuff, you know, and she's been so helpful. So you can always uh, reach her from her website to do that as well. Yep, right? of course. All right. Well, Denise, <laughs> love you. And I will see you around the web. All right. Thank All right, you. Happy log on. Yeah, log on. <laughs> okay. That wraps up another episode. Again, find Denise at denisewakeman.com and find me at judyrodman.com. If you value this podcast, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash ATV and leave your review. See you next time on All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.